Now for day two in the continuing saga of Grand Prix Denver 2008. This time is going to be a lot of my round by round action. Some talk with some people I know locally, and a lot of impromptu interviews with some pros, including people like Patrick Chapin, Lewis Scott Vargas, Paul Cheon, Steve Saden, Paolo Dama uh, Antonino Damaderosa, Paolo Victor Damaderosa, and others. Hope you enjoy. This is Road Warrior Otwell for MTGCast.com. If I fight, I win. Knowledge for the people at Freemo Mia. Channel Live. KRS One coming to represent. So, Chapin, how's your latest creation going today? Oh, pretty good. Who are you? Chris Atwell. With uh, MGGCast.com. Oh, well, hello. Pleasure to meet you, sir. Come, please. Step into my office. <laughs> exactly. There are people coming up to me holding things. Like, what's going on? Sure. Uh, I do impromptu interviews of people. didn't really have a deck coming in like basically LSB took the week off because he was kind of busy with family stuff yeah. so he's like Chian I need you to go into the tank and I need you to come up with a good one so Paul Chian's like okay does a week of play testing calls up LSB and says here's the deck list you ready you got a pen alright 16 planes and immediately LSB hung up and called me so, <laughs> All right. basically uh, Steve Staden and Jerry T wanted to play five color control decks also right and when they saw, you know, the stuff that I come up with, Rune Halo and His Grace, Arcana Justice, they immediately were just like, okay, you're right. That's the stuff we should be doing to the deck. And they all copied it. And then LSD and Shion just got on board because, honestly, who wants to play Kifkin? And then I think uh, really? a few yeah. other people. Uh, we hooked Sam Black up. Uh, a, few, a few of our other friends are playing yeah. it as well. Nice. Is everyone doing well with it in general? Everyone except me because I don't know when to mulligan. I don't know where I picked up this bad habit, but I've been keeping some loose hands today, and it came back to haunt me. But everyone else is doing great. Yeah? Yeah. I think a lot, a number of them are going to, well, it looks like a number of them are going to make day two at this point. Yeah, I think basically everybody except me. Okay. So it's good to talk to me. You got this microphone. Let's go. Right. Let's go. You're right. I'm still learning how to do interviews. Oh, no problem <laughs> at all. That's one so of the tell me some of the interesting stories, since you've been playing about as long as I have been. Oh, really? Yes. When did you start? 94 December. Oh, then my I got first tournament is a, I reported a DCI number. My first tournament was like six months after I started playing. Oh, see, I had, my original DCI number was like five digits, but uh, I had a booster pack of Arabian Nights, but I didn't get into Magic then. I ended up sticking with D&D until right around the time of like Legends and all that. Okay. And then made the switch. Yeah. But, have you been playing on the Pro Tours at all like, since then, or I've been to, like, part of the whole culture? I've been invited, uh, invited like four times. I've been to Nationals once. I've tried to get grinders of various Nationals, but very cool, very cool. MTG Cast. Uh, I yeah. think I've actually watched or listened to some of your podcasts okay. uh, online. Like, uh, how long have you been doing the podcasting? Uh, since since National 2006. Oh, okay, cool. So I'm up to over 70 episodes now. That's fantastic. <laughs> well, 
I do not mean to be stealing the interview. I know you also tried to do interviews and do some podcasts for a while there. Yourself. Actually, I, uh, the only reason I stopped is just because of a conflict of interest with Star City Games. Okay. Yeah, we were actually having a lot of success with it, but yeah. uh, I, I really like Star City Games. is a really great site, and they've been taking care of me from the beginning, you know? Yeah. So... So let's see, some interesting stories. Interesting stories. Tell me some interesting stories of your travels. My travels. Because you've been around to a lot of pro tours longer than for a long time. Uh, I was on the pro tour the first year of the pro tour. Right. And um, I guess let's see. Uh, there was the when I went to uh, Malaysia for the Invitational. Yeah. My passport expired while I was in 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 Malaysia. And so when I tried, it was all good getting into the country because I still had a valid passport. But when it was time to leave, the Malaysian authorities alerted me that I would I was going to have to pay the fine, or else I would go to Malaysian jail. And I don't know how much you know about Malaysia, but Malaysian jail is not the place uh, strapping a lad such as myself would like to go. I spent uh, many years living in Germany. I kind of know that idea. I understand that one. <laughs> so I asked, you know, well, what's the fine? Yeah. And as it turns out, they said that I was in luck. The fine was, how much do I have? And I said, wait, what? Everything you want. Well, they said, well, hold on just a second. How much do you have? I said, what is this relevant? They said, well, would you like to know how much the fine is? <laughs> and it turned out I had exactly enough. So my luck, you know, it held. Yeah. I left Malaysia, flew back to the U.S. The American authorities were not so kind. <laughs> yeah, and they started pulling all the other Magic players who were on my flight. They are like, wait. Once they saw people talking to me, they grabbed those people too, took them in the back, strip searched them, and went bananas. And then they figured out it was just a passport situation. And but um, let me see. That's kind of weird. <laughs> Let's see. Never heard anyone's passport get expired on the way. Yeah. Sure. Well, there aren't even any good stories. I don't do anything fun. I'm lame. I'm like an old man now. God, I'm like 48, 45, 52. I don't know how old I am. I'm like, I've been playing Magic for about 34 years now. Yeah, really? Yeah. Uh, so let me tell you a story about Pro Tour Rome. Okay. Pro Tour Rome was the Pro Tour where Tolarian Academy was legal. Yes, and lots I, of people did it. Oh, yes. And I doing it well as well. Uh, I played Tolarian Academy, same deck as Eric Lauer who top-aided that, right. where the innovation was to play Vampiric Tutor in conjunction with the Academy, you know, thing. So you could always just vampire tutor for your academy or your time spiral or whatever. Right. Well, one of the things about the deck is that it only had one mind over matter and only had two stroke geniuses. The thinking was that you could vampire tutor for the mind over matter when you needed it. Right. And with the strokes, you could stroke yourself once randomly in the middle of going off to try to get more cards and then you use the other stroke to kill the guy. Right. Because we were finding you don't really want stroke that much unless you're going to kill him. So... I was playing against this guy, uh, a nice Japanese man who was playing a Pandemonium Dreadnought deck. And the way our game pretty much played out, I went first in game three, and I time-spiraled a few times on the first turn, drew many, many cards, put much artifact man into play, but eventually I had to pass the turn to him. He proceeded to try to combo off on turn one with the almost will and all that, you know, with, you know and... Uh, I force-willed it, and then untapped, and I started time-spiraling again, went bananas, just stroked myself, had to pass the turn to him again. He tried to kill me again, so I force-willed it, and then I untapped, and I time-spiraled some more, and at this point, I have no more time-spirals left in my deck. Right. And I cannot, for the life of me, find a mind error for matter, or any way to access a, any, to access one, you know? Right. So we're going at it, you know, I'm just drawing more cards, drawing more cards, drawing more cards, 
eventually I get the scroll rack, but I gotta shift the turn to him. Uh, so on his turn, he tries to kill me again. And I had no choice but to stroke myself and try to get a way to counter it, you know. I stroke my deck and get a force of will. But the whole joke is that my other stroke was already gone. It had already been removed from the game. Right. So I didn't actually have any victory conditions left. Of course, he doesn't know that. He doesn't know I only play two strokes. So my turn, I untap. You know, I play mind over matter. Start going through the motions, you know. I add 63 blue mana and a black mana to my pool. And I vampire tutor. And I look at him, you know, like, so vampire tutor. And he's like, yeah. So I search through my deck and I get a card, put it on top, make a big dramatic motion. And he goes, roll rack for one. How many cards are in your library? And he concedes. <laughs> nice. <laughs> now let's go to a room. Nice. It's like the old the Mike Long thing from, from Paris. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, my, actually, you know, Mike Long was at U.S. Nationals uh, this year. This year he was? Yeah, this year. He was hanging out with Dave Williams and I. Absolutely. Did he play or just was there? Hmm. Mike Long doesn't even need to play Magic. He hangs out. Right. He's just part of the culture. Yeah, he was actually helping Dave Williams and I prepare for the tournament. Okay. So, uh, he ended up... Uh, he came up with an elf deck that Williams ended up playing. He had a really exciting rebel deck, but it had some weaknesses that they decided not to run with it. And he helped me a little bit designing the Knuckle Vitos deck. Okay. So, that uh, Herbert Halls ended up 7-0-ing the Swiss with yeah. and making top 8 with. So, yeah, Mike Long, one of the, like, ten best deck builders of all time. Yeah. He's really still behind the scenes, yes. you know? Yes, and it probably never makes a Hall of Fame until he pulls something off again. I don't know. See... On merit, he's got it. But the thing is, the Hall of Fame's nope. got the whole other nope. things, the intangibles, and there's all the politics and stuff like that. And very few people like him that vote. That's the point. So he's got to pull off another major event. To I don't know. I don't know if he'll ever play again. The problem is, he's really he's a really successful man. He doesn't really have anything to prove to these people. Right. He knows how good he is at Magic, and he knows that he's not going to get a fair shake. So there really isn't a huge incentive for him to play on the Pro Tour competitively. Right. You know, he gets his satisfaction from Magic from talking ideas with Dave Williams and myself and seeing us succeed because he knows how much he's helping us, and he sees that it's something that matters to us. Right. And uh, that we are giving, that we are being given a chance right now to make something out of this, you know? Makes sense. Makes sense. A few years ago, he had a really interesting website. Is that still going as part of this? or is No, no, no. He's too busy with a variety of other projects. He does, okay. like, uh, he worked on The Pickup Artist, some TV show, that uh, reality TV show uh, okay. that happened recently. He's been doing a lot of projects, though. So. Okay. What's this rumor been going around about you being involved in a reality TV show? <laughs> Or yeah. can you either confirm or deny those yet? No, yeah. I mean, uh, I'm working on a combination of projects. There's a documentary regarding magic that uh, should be interesting. You know, we did some filming for that at Nationals. And then there's also a reality TV show that's a little bit in... It's not so much real world as it is a little bit more in the vein of Entourage meets Viva La Bam. And it's... Like, Viva La Bam is sort of an entertainment-based show where the primary character is a pro skateboarder okay. who just goes around doing crazy stuff and is just a hilarious character, you know, surrounded by some of his friends all having a good time. And, uh, yeah, the reality show, it's a project we're going to be working on for quite a while because we got to do... It's going to take doing a lot of groundwork because we're okay. trying to, you know, build it from the ground up. We don't have... 
uh, a major studio behind us at this point. Oh, so you're doing a lot of your own design then, uh, behind it? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. But look for both of those projects in the, uh, probably the, uh, hopefully the reality show will be appearing sometime early next year. Okay. And I'm not sure the schedule of the documentary, but hopefully it'll be early next year as well. Okay. All right. Another question. Pro or anti Detroit Lions? Detroit Lions are awesome. I mean, they're not that good at football, but I love them. <laughs> the problem isn't the Detroit Lions. The problem is the manager. It's, it's Millen. Oh, my God. And the owner, the, owner too, the owner is too forgiving of Millen. <laughs> oh, my too God. Painful. What I could do with the Lions. <laughs> do you realize we're, it's going to take us 80, like 80 years to get over the curse of Barry Sanders? The fact that we did that man wrong? Well. We didn't do him wrong. We also did Bobby Lane wrong back in 47. After winning five of, of seven championships for the NFL, then we just let the owners let him go because he didn't like him. And we've not won but one playoff game since then. Holy <laughs> joke. No joke. But I love the Lions. I support them every week. Like, good, I, good, I, good. It doesn't matter how bad they go. Like last year, oh my gosh, it was Christmas every Sunday for, at the beginning of the season. Yeah, when they were 6-2. and two. Oh, oh yeah. I was like, are you going to, this is it. The Lions are going to do it. Yeah. And then obviously they turned it into the Lions. Again. Well, we said they had a good draft this year. They drafted all linemen, pretty much. More yeah, lines. but what happened to their offense? People figured out they had no line. And, and, um, Mike Marks is an idiot when it comes to calling plays. <laughs> that was me silently nodding yes. <laughs> Overhyped offensive coordinator. So what's next on the horizon for NTG cast? Continuing expanding shows, I guess, for us. But right now we got uh, Monday Night Magic, which has been taking the pre- uh, preview cards from Washington. That's cool. We got my show that I'm still doing regularly. We got the Magic School Bus now. Um, the Magic Socks on there. We've got two video podcasts. The Magic Socks. Magic Sock is um, Ron Vitell's podcast. He's been on. He's like oh, okay. 20, 20, 120 some episodes now. That's excellent. So we got around seven shows a week that we publish. Excellent. So, yeah, I mean, all of us just keep on expanding. Can I pose a couple things? Yeah, sure. Okay, you got to go to www.thenextlevelunlimited.com to pick up the latest in next level attire. You got to check this stuff out. The hoodies and the t-shirts are actually insane. They're so good. <laughs> and it's not even just because I'm selling them. Like, the reason I'm selling them is because they're freaking awesome. Check it out. And Or if you don't want to type all that stuff, thenextlevelunlimited.com. And if you don't want to if you don't want to type all that nonsense, you can type thenlu.com. Okay. So check out thenlu.com. Uh, a little bit later, we're going to have some DVD stuff, some entertainment-based uh, right. DVDs that I think you'll find entertaining. So check back on the website occasionally. But for now, that we got T-shirts, pullovers, zip-ups, and it's actually really cool. You know, they look sharp. They turn out real well. Good, good. Yeah, it's kind of they do look nice. All right, and then... Uh, so is it like a private business of yours, or...? Yeah, yeah, that's just uh, some friends of mine and I are operating it. We're going to be expanding into a variety of things. We're actually putting together a comedy show, uh, which should be very entertaining. It's, uh, I don't know how big of a market there is for it yet, but I hope there's a big enough market to make the project viable. We want to do in-joke magic humor, like a reality... Right. Like a, I mean, like a, a comedy special where myself and a few other entertaining characters do stand-up and record it on DVD. And uh, sell the DVD to people who might be interested in having a laugh that are part of the subculture. Because oh, yeah. the magic culture is so rich. There's so much here. Like, first of all, 
thousands and thousands of people from all over the world, let alone all over the country, travel thousands of miles to get together to play this game together. And it's not even just that they're playing a game. It's that they're talking with each other and they have this whole other language all their own. They can talk about people that they've never met that each other can relate to. They can talk about concepts and strategy and ideas and they can use their imagination to express themselves. And it's just... It's a really, really cool culture to be a part of, and there's so much opportunity to do more with that culture. Like, for instance, magic tournaments are hilarious. If, like, if more people had a glimpse of what was going on at magic tournaments and had a chance to hear some of the stuff, like, it's actual hilarity. It'd be, I think it would be really entertaining. And I don't know how big of a market there is for magic in-joke humor, but... It would, it I would think be it would total. be a fun project anyway, yeah. because regardless of the money, it would be a fun project to do, and it would be fun just to see those people crack up while we're up on stage, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It sounds like a great idea. Also, I don't know if they're a competitor of yours, so obviously, but Star City Games, unbelievable website for the strategy content. We're not making any kind of enemies. It's all good. Star City is, like I, like, I don't know how much strategy content you guys do as far as articles. Right. But if people are looking for articles, one great place to check is StarCityGames.com. Right. Yeah, well, our website, we do almost all exclusively podcast stuff. Oh, okay. Very cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then uh, if you're looking for written stuff, Star City's there. And then you guys have the podcast that, uh, I think I checked out your first podcast, like, uh, earlier, like, at the beginning of this year. Yeah. Shortly after the World Championships. Yeah. But... Um, how many of these events do you go to regularly? Like, try to hit well, all the major ones? Well, for the last year I've been fighting a divorce, which has been eating up a ton of money. So, but now that that's over with, I'm looking like I'm going to definitely be making a, a, a larger stand to where I can go. I plan to be at, at Kansas City. I may even make a trip out to Memphis. I'm going to the camera crew in Kansas City. Oh, yeah? Yeah, look for me there. It'll be all exciting. Right. Like, the camera crew's coming down for KC because we're shooting some more uh, footage for one of the episodes. Okay, okay. It'll be very entertaining. If you're open, I might hit you up tomorrow, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'll be around hanging out. Okay. I just got eliminated from this tournament, so I'm just hanging out all day, kicking it, being merry, being a happy guy, just <laughs> hanging out at the magic tournament. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Alright, well, thanks for your time. Absolutely, man. Hey, you have a good one. Yeah, you do. Alright, I gotta find my costume. Alright. So now that you got to listen to Patrick taping going I, off and I, off? I didn't get to listen to half the stuff he said, unfortunately. He's hysterical, dude. Oh, yeah, he's great. Okay. We need to both hit him up tomorrow. Oh, yeah, I found him. Now, the, uh, uh, I, I don't know if you saw this. Is, uh, on YouTube, there's a, uh, a cast called uh, The Magic Chicken. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Evan Irwin? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, did you see the one with Patrick Chapin? No. All right, anybody who's listening to this, you go to YouTube, just type in The Magic Show 100, and watch Patrick Chapin sing on there. He, he's, like, insane. But uh, Jerry, that same guy who had the story, right. he actually uh, uh, he actually clued me into this podcast, uh, this uh, YouTube cast, or yeah. V-cast, or whatever you call it. Right, right. And he, uh, it was... Patrick Chavis just being goofy, and he said, uh, uh, apparently reminded Jerry of me. Jerry asked me, James, what's the best two-drop that Blue has? I said, Wild Mongrel. Counterbalance. Wild Mongrel. Best two-drop Blue has. Well, Patrick Chavis asked the same thing. What is the best four-cost Blue Sorcery? Cryptic Command? No. Factor Fiction? No. Tendrils of Agony. 
Right. Have you ever seen that blend in envelope? Right, 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 right. <laughs> right. And he, All right. He went on about the whole uh, price of cards with the Mythic Rare and all yeah. that. And he's like, I know there's going to be a lot of... Uh, uh, a lot of liber- uh, liberals who don't know about economics are going to argue with me about the price. <laughs> and I was right. like, freaking great. But. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I think the round has started. Did, did Chip make it? Oh, uh, he dropped. Oh, that's a bummer. He's going to he, be here tomorrow. He's, yeah, he's going to be tomorrow. He said he's probably the only one playing his deck who didn't make day two or is not going to make day two. Well, 